Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today on the show, we got Tiffany Fox Quintana. She is the VP of Marketing at Stampley. It's a cool conversation. We get into talking about really balancing data and creativity and how to show the ROI of your efforts to, you know, the executives that work above you, finding that alignment with the C-suite. Uh, I had fun with this one. But before we get into that, as always, if you're feeling stuck with your marketing, head on over to Cave Social. That's our company. We are a marketing agency that helps companies grow online, particularly with social media. So if you're feeling stuck with that, head over to Cave Social, hit that contact us. We'd love to help you out. All right. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. What's going on, my marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today, joining me is Tiffany Fox Quintana. She is the Vice President of Marketing at Stampley. Tiffany, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing well. I'm uh, I'm excited to jump into this conversation, talk about Stampley, talk about also how you view really marketing and the intersection of creativity and data and how we can tie that together, you know, to, to really tie things back to, to profitability for companies and how we can talk through that. But before we do, I want to hear your story. How did you find your way into marketing and then ultimately to Stampley? Yeah. You know, it's uh, kind of interesting. I had gone through college, thought I would uh, end up being a psychologist. And then I thought, well, you know, I don't want to listen to people's problems all day long. And then I became a manager. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but in all seriousness, actually, my first real position in the working world was working in sales. I did telesales. And I think if you want to ever get a really strong understanding of marketing, go into sales and put your butt in their seat to understand how important marketing can be to a salesperson. So that's really where I started out. And, you know, we had some support, we had lots of great support, but really understanding the need to understand the story, understand how to best sell against the right competitors. To me, that was something that I would constantly be looking for and doing, which ultimately led me into more of a marketing role within the organizations I had worked with. And I've worked with large organizations, small organizations, you know, so I've had the the best of both worlds from building uh, teams at a startup to working in large enterprises and managing, you know, large marketing teams. But the thing that I really think I fell in love with was the ability to build a team from scratch and help a company really start to grow their brand presence, grow their acquisition channels and build out their marketing team. And so I did that at HelloSign. And then Stampley found me through like a recruiter. And the thing that really resonated with me for Stampley, though, was how well I really saw eye to eye on what marketing meant for an organization with our CEO, who's my boss. And, you know, I think if you're going to go into marketing and you're working at startups, it's really important to make sure you're on the same wavelength in that sense with, you know, the leader and the founders of those companies. That's where I am today. I love it. I think you said something that's, well, two things there that I really want to kind of pull, extrapolate out and talk about. Uh, one is understanding how marketing impacts sales and that you are on the same team. I think there's a weird adversarial relationship between sales departments, marketing departments, a lot of times that shouldn't be there. But if they're aligned, and to your point, when you go out and you try to sell something and you have that air cover 
from marketing. You have that great collateral when that prospect leaves the meeting and they go check out the website after and the direct response copywriting is on point. It really helps you and it makes you that much more effective as a salesperson. And to be able to see that and feel that as a salesperson, you go, okay, cool. And then vice on the flip side too, if salespeople understand, oh, the message that I'm out saying and I'm promoting needs to be synonymous with what's actually can one be provided for the product most importantly but then two the messaging that we have to back it up on the website so we're not you know falsifying claims or promising a mountain when we have a molehill i think that's so important so that's great it, for anyone listening who's a marketer right now go try to sell something um sell something on your <laughs> and and then you'll start to feel those pain points and then two i, I find it really interesting and i totally agree is just being aligned with the c suite and i think that alignment starts with really having the same KPIs what are, and the same goals and what are we trying to go after? And this is where I want to dive a little bit deeper and talk to you about Stamply and then aligning on data points, right? And how do you go about blending that creativity, your marketer, you understand people's psychology, their motives, all of, some of these things that can't necessarily be measured, but then we also have so much data. So how do you go about, or I guess let's start with what did you align on, you know, with the C-suite at Stampley? And then two, how do you approach that intersection of creativity and data? Yeah, I do think alignment is probably one of the first things you need to do uh, as you're going into an organization and making sure that you're aligned with sales um, on where that handoff really is. I mean, there's lots of parts of the marketing funnel and there's lots of parts of the sales funnel. And there's a point where they intersect and that's when marketing actually delivers an opportunity for the salesperson to sell something. And a lot of times marketing has to fill that funnel really heavy up front, you know, with lots and lots of leads. But then really that point of alignment needs to be on how many opportunities can the salesperson actually sell and how you define that and what, you know, three letter acronym you use is one thing. We call it a deal or an opportunity at Stamply. But my marketing funnel is way above that, right? Like I'm looking at how many leads, how many of those leads are really qualified, how many of those actually do the salesperson think that are worth it? And then how many are they able to really book a, a true call to learn more and really understand the opportunity to sell at that point? So that's how we aligned is at that metric. And then, of course, when I'm looking at the full you know, quality of how those opportunities have gone and taking it all the way back to where they came from on my lead source, I'm really looking at the number that become opportunities, but then also of those, which ones are going to become an actual producing revenue producing customer at the end too. So for me, I go all the way back from when it produces revenue to where I got that revenue from and what that original source was. So there's a lot of things I'm checking along the way, but this is my big number here. And those are the ones I'm going to continue to add more investment in from a marketing standpoint in general. And then making sure that the rest of the C-suite understands why are we aligning on opportunities? Why, you know, and then we see what that conversion to actual revenue is. And then we can build out forecasts from there and really make sure that we're seeing that repeatability and predictability that we want. And so I think that's the first thing, really identifying that KPI. I love identifying that KPI and then like, you know, 
in our case, we've done some stuff where, okay, we have that, we know what are our profitable channels, but then leaving some room for like, okay, we have some experimentation budget or emerging channel budget. And then we can go through and, cause we do want to test, right? Marketers, I think it's in our, our being to be like, let's test, let's AB test, let's see what works. And having some of that room for that experimentation, I think is so important too. And then having the things that work that, you know, okay, look, if we go into Google AdWords and we know that AdWords is giving us a positive ROI over a 12 month run, great. Like we know that we found our sweet spot there and we can operate. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's cool to hear. And I think it needs to be reiterated all the time that like ROI is important, that that keeps us as marketers employed. And if we can demonstrate how we actually translate to revenue and how our actions and how creative translates to revenue, it's something that is just going to only strengthen our positions, you know, in an organization, because it's very quick that if things go sideways, that the marketing department is one of the first things to, you know, unfortunately be downsized. So I think it's important for us to be able to understand how we fit into this whole business cog. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, you know, to some extent, when you're at a startup and you're trying to build out your marketing team, you have to be very selective on what those real full-time hires are going to be, right? And what they're going to do and what they're going to be producing. I think a lot of ways you can supplement with contractors to do more of those kind of experimentations with different roles and stuff. Although I know that's, you're not talking about those types of experimentations, but where you're not sure whether or not it's going to be dedicated resource or whatever, because you don't want to have to lay people off. I think it's one of the most excruciating things to ever go through, period, as a leader in any organization. So I do think it's important that you think about how lean you can keep your team but how rigid you can keep the, when you're doing those experiments, making sure that you're doing experiments that actually can take action on afterwards. I think there's a lot of vanity experiments that people do to show that they're doing A-B testing and a variety of different things. But unless you can really take an action on that experiment and it's not, and it's going to drive changes down the road, I would try to avoid over A-B testing a gajillion different things, especially if you don't know how to take those actions. Which is so huge, right? If you don't know how to do it. And I think you said something really massive there, which is take your ego out of the marketing mix. And this is something that we all get caught up on. It might feel nice to have a billboard in Times Square or a Super Bowl commercial or to spend a bunch on paid or to go create this anthem video, but like just actually working on your creative that's going out on social media ads might do better or looking at ways to improve your email drip campaign. Like all of the things that it's not sexy to go back and be like, I'm going to work on how our like decreasing our drop rate of the email drip funnel. Like that's not fun. Nobody, (laughs) you're not going to win an Addy for that, but it might make serious, serious dollars for you. So that stuff is something I think can't be we have to scream that from the mountaintops. Like we need to take our ego out and look at what's producing results. And based on those KPIs that we set out, right? It's so, so, so crucial. hundred percent. I, I agree. I mean, it's more about the science versus the art a lot of times when it comes to marketing. But I mean, the art is just as important in many ways, right? Like if you look like you came out of, uh, you know, if everything looks like it came out of clip art from, you know, Microsoft Word, nobody's going to trust you. So you do have to use art in a psychological way that immediately makes people think this company's legit. They've got, you know, they're professional. And so that entire brand image is, is very important. But 
it's not where all of the science goes, right? So the you have to establish yourself as a professional entity and make sure that that brand is reputable and you know you're building on those constant customer experiences as well. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I've been calling it the sweet science lately. Just balancing all of that, you know, the creativity with the data and how do you do that and how do you be data driven but leave that room, you know, to step outside the box once in a while, which I think is so important. Now, I do want to shift gears for a little bit. Where does Stamply fit in the marketplace right now? And then what have some of the things that you have been doing channel wise that have helped you with growth? Yeah, Stamply is an AP automation tool. Uh, really built for the mid-market. So, you know, think about companies of 200 plus people, you know, over like $50 million and higher, so to speak. Uh, Really kind of that mid-market area where you've got enough invoices and bills coming in that you really need to automate that AP function. And so what Stamply does is it provides a very powerful and flexible way for you to manage all the accounts payable. Accounts payable by its nature is a very collaborative job. You know, the AP person needs to check to make sure, hey, did, you know, did we get these items that were we ordered? They need to make sure they get the proper approvals. They're working with just about everybody in the company that's spending money. And so what Stanley does is provides an awesome platform for them to make sure that they can get that communication happening, make sure they have access to all of the old, uh, any documentation that they need to approve invoices, they know who to go and uh, get the approvals from. And then we've got a powerful AI learning engine underneath there that actually starts to learn how your company does their uh, accounting. And so it will start to do suggestions on, hey, this invoice, Jordan needs to approve it because he approved the last one that came from this vendor and it should go to this GL code. So it helped, it basically provides the operational capacity for accounts payable to do their job with the rest of the organization. And, you know, I think that more than anything, you know, we were talking about this earlier, it's that ability to maintain that remote sense of self during this whole COVID thing. Well, businesses have to do the same thing. So businesses still need to pay their vendors like you and make sure that it gets there in time because, hey, COVID, couldn't get the checkout, doesn't always work, right? <laughs> so um, we also offer a way for companies to pay their bills through Stamply as well using paper check or actually using ACH, or they can pay any other method that they want outside of Stamply, but it just makes it all easier. Amazing. It definitely needed, I mean, it was needed before COVID, it'll be needed after COVID, but it was 150% needed during. Now, talk to me about how you have approached growth at Stamply from a channel perspective. Has is it been ABM or is it is there something else? Is it paid ads? Like where do you all put you know, put your chips in, so to speak. Yeah. One thing that we do is we make sure we're taking a multi-channel approach. So we don't want to be completely handcuffed to just Google ads, right? So we've supplemented to make sure all of our channels are performing. So we've put a lot of investment into content to make sure organic is growing. We go after specific keywords on that. So Organic is one of our biggest channels. Paid is a big channel as well. And then we also look for, you know, things where validation is happening and where companies are researching. So there are a lot of review sites out there that will, people will do their investigations of different things. So we make sure that we've got great presence across the board on all of those. And then of course, we're doing continual nurturing through email. Email is another big component of that. Um, and then we're very strong in our whole outbound capacity too. So 
Really, the approach is to make sure that you're not handcuffed to just one channel, but to make sure that you've got all of them operating on full cylinder. I love it. Yeah, you got to mitigate that risk if one of the channels starts to fall through. Tiffany, before I let you go, one, I've enjoyed this and thank you for coming on. But two, I want to give you the opportunity now to share with the listeners where they can go check out Stamply uh, and where they can connect with you online. Sure, absolutely. You can find Stamply, uh, www.stamply.com, S-T-A-M-P-L-I.com. And uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Tiffany Fox Quintana. That's probably the best place to, to find me. Amazing. And I will put links to all of those, st- Tiffany's LinkedIn as well as Stamply in the show notes. So you all can just go down, click that and go over and connect or start running your finances and accounts payable a little bit smoother with Stamply. Tiffany, thank you so much for coming on today. Great. Thank you, Jordan. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time. Um-